and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is talking about reading instruction in your self-contained classroom. This was something that I really struggled to get pinned down. I didn't know how to teach reading to three or four different grade levels at the same time with students that were on a huge range of needs, but I had to do that. So what I'm going to share in this podcast might not be 100% effective in your classroom, but hopefully it will give you a couple of ideas that you can use to shape your reading instruction. Because I know if you're teaching self-contained, especially multiple grade levels, you feel the same pain I felt when I was in the classroom. So I'm going to start off with the basics and then I'll have a couple of things that will help you go a little bit more in depth. So at any given time, I was giving reading instruction to between six and nine students. And that changed from year to year because I had students in my class who were going to general education for their reading instruction, or they were being pulled in a group that was using a specific program. So what was left in my class was anywhere from seven to nine students. And truly what would have been best is if I could have had like five different reading groups, but I just didn't have time in my day. So basically what I did is I split the, my entire class into two groups and that was the only way I could make this work. And so I would pull one group to my main teacher table for reading and then the other group would go with an assistant to the front of the room for reading centers. And I'll talk about what reading centers were later in this podcast. But I wanna emphasize that like when I started first started reading groups in my classroom, Each rotation was five minutes. Like we never got to the point in which I was doing a 30 minute block of direct instruction. So we would start off with five minutes. And then after doing that for about two months, we might be able to bump it up to seven minutes, up to nine minutes. I am basing this podcast off of a blog I wrote. And at that time, I was able to get to my reading groups up to a 12 minute duration. So I strongly believe that if you're pulling your class together and you're getting really strong instruction in for a short amount of time, that is a lot better than getting not great instruction for 30 minutes. So I'd rather have these really focused pockets, which is why I ended up doing it this way. To emphasize, my students were still getting their service time and their IEP. It just might not be 30 straight minutes of sitting at the table during teacher time. So... I would have a 30 minute block in my day and then we would have those two rotations. So students would come to me for about 12 minutes for direct reading instruction. Then they would go to my assistant for another 12 minutes for their reading centers and there'd be a little bit of a transitional break in the middle of that. And so that really helped me target everything that I needed. So I'm gonna talk about what my actual teacher time reading looked like because there was a huge push on using evidence-based practices in your reading and so I worked really hard to make sure I was hitting all of those components that my general education teachers were doing as well. So the very first thing I would do when my kids would come over to my table for reading instruction is I would start them off with a warm-up and the warm-up was customized so it was typically either alphabet or sight word work and 
my students were working on those skills in the group with their assistant, but I wanted to reinforce it during my reading group as well. And it worked out well because many of my students had a IEP goal that went with alphabet or sight word identification. So I was really able to customize their warm up to what they needed and be able to take data on their IEP goal while they are reading with me. And then I also started incorporating vocabulary into my reading group as well. And that was a really exciting thing because it's something I really struggled to use. And if you go and look at the blog I have linked in the description of this podcast, you'll be able to see links and examples of what I was using for the warm-up and the vocabulary. But just to summarize, basically, if there was a 15-minute reading group, my reading group would spend about two minutes doing their warm-up about three minutes on their vocabulary activity, and then 10 minutes for the actual reading instruction. And that's what that looks like. So when I was in the classroom, my main curriculum was unique learning systems. That is something that was required in my district. And I would mainly use the fiction books and comprehension from ULS, which is unique learning systems, during this part of the lesson. And I would also pull out some of the phonics work for review. And I also really, really loved news to you. If I had to recommend one thing for any teacher to add into their self-contained classroom, it would look into seeing if you could get a subscription to news to you. It was the perfect nonfiction component to my reading lesson. It was a, a great way to expose my students to things that were going on in the world, but in a way that was really obtainable for them. So I would use a combination of unique learning systems, news to you, and then some curriculum that I designed myself, again, to be targeting those specific goals. And so, because I've gotten questions about this before, I have used scripted curriculum as well. So I had used Reading Mastery in the past, I've used Edmark in the past, but for the last two years, I didn't have any students that I needed to give that level of instruction to, so I pretty much just based my groups off of unique learning systems. And so, one, one of the things that I want to highlight in this podcast is evidence-based practices because this is something that I get asked on social media as well. And so I'll have people reach out and say that their school wants to know how their instruction is evidence-based. And so this will kind of help you figure out how to make your reading evidence-based. So there are four main components of reading. There's going to be your alphabetics, your comprehension, your vocabulary, and your fluency. And so I made sure that that was sprinkled throughout my day. So my students were getting their alphabetics or their phonemic awareness during their reading centers with their assistant. And they were also working on fluency during their reading centers and when they worked on their IEP goal work. The vocabulary component was tackled in the warm-up of my reading group and the comprehension component was tackled during reading instruction. So what you might find is you actually are doing evidence-based practices, you just might not realize it. And I know that my colleagues that were kindergarten and first grade teachers, they were all coming together to plan their lessons. So they knew that they were hitting all of the components. I was also hitting the components, but I didn't really have anybody there to help me reassure that I was doing the right thing. So this is a great way just to check and make sure, oh, I really am using that evidence-based practice for reading even in my self-contained classroom. I had a lot of other opportunities for reading in my classroom as well. So I was using curriculum from the Autism Helper to supplement with functional literacy or ELA concepts, and that was done as independent work. And I would also do a read aloud, although full disclosure, my schedule said we did a read aloud every day, but that was usually just once or twice a week because 
Sometimes you can't get everything done in a day and that would be my negotiating piece. And so I do have a whole blog post about what uh, my read aloud looked like and how I engaged my students in those opportunities. And then if you are curious what I meant when I talked about the centers that my students were doing with my assistants, my, again, my reading group was at the back of my classroom and my assistant had a table at the front of the classroom. And so the reading rotations worked really well, but without that specific guidance, my assistant was struggling to keep the students engaged and on task with reading materials. And so I really had to set that station up for success, not only with activities that were meaningful and obtainable for my students, but also easy enough for my assistant to implement herself. And so she would have bins, and again, I have a blog post with everything linked, but she would have bins uh, for her two groups. So her first group had a bin with activities that were appropriate for that group. Her second bin had activities appropriate for the second group. She could just grab that bin, bring it to the table, and be ready to go. I would switch things out for her. So my students weren't doing the same exact activity every single day for nine weeks. I was switching it out for her. So she knew no matter what, what was in that bin was what she was supposed to be using that day. I made sure that I had a set of uh, learning letters at the front for easy access. I would have clothespins and dry erase markers for everything that she needed to make that center run well. And I do have a blog post linked in the description that shows everything I used in those centers. And I just found when I gave her the tools for success, she was able to help me make my reading instruction that much more efficient. So I hope this gave you a couple of ideas of ways that you could incorporate reading into your classroom. And I do have a freebie that has a little visual that you can create. So again, when you go to the description of my podcast, you're going to see reading rotations blog linked. At the bottom of that blog, you'll be able to grab that little visual schedule that you can use in your own classroom. But if you're sitting down looking at reading and you just wanna make sure you're doing the right thing, I would say as long as you have your students working on some sort of phonemic awareness, even if it is just working on identifying the letter A or you know, really anything that aligns their IP goal, make sure that they're working on fluency, make sure they have vocabulary typed in and comprehension, you're doing just fine. Teaching academics in this setting can be really difficult, but it's really important. And I hope that this podcast helped you feel a little bit more confident in making some tweaks if you need to for your reading instruction. But as always, you can reach out with any questions and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.